Hello, friends. Welcome to World Build with us, the podcast where we collaboratively create fantastical worlds together with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with fiendish fop Chris Prunty. I'm not a fop. In our last episode, we talked tech and specifically how it fits into the world. After a violent and bloody schism, Chris and I both settled on the 1500s as a parallel to the technology wanted to utilize amongst the land of the gods. We focused on the influence of the printing press, gunpowder, and innovations in sailing to help us tell better stories. In today's episode, we're drawing circles of runes with our own blood, praying to our prospective gods, and brewing alchemical regions in a desperate attempt to get more listeners. But we're also talking all about magic and magic systems. How does magic work? Where does it come from? Let's find out. Do people even know? Do, do people know about what? Like, the limits of magic. See, that's the thing. I Because we've put ourselves in the area of the 1500s, I want there to be some mystery behind magic. I think that a lot of magical systems approach it with an omniscient narrator aspect where the reader and the author know in and ins and out of every aspect of magic, right? Where hmm. there is no such thing as an unknown. And in this regard, this is actually what I wanted to avoid in our own magic system because I want it to be kind of a mystery Kind of still, you know, people are still kind of figuring stuff out because I think that's more interesting. And also think about where we were in the 1500s, where we were approaching medical technology, where we were approaching exploration. Maybe there's a continent out there that does magic differently compared to the current power bases that we have. So why not, why not keep it open? Why not have it be, this is the system of magic that we're doing. And then once you explore, you're like, oh, there's also this entire, entire other aspect of magic that we can kind of work with and bend with. And just that's how each system works, even though it's all kind of in the same general vein. Something that kind of destroys the established understanding of magic. In, in a way, yes. It's not It's not going to be like, oh, well, this is entirely different. Like, no, I, no, it's I kind of like a... the people on this new continent, it's more shamanism than uh, like divine magic. They use totems or something like that. It's still, it's still divine. It's still religiously right. founded. But it's just like, oh, what do you, what do you mean? You, uh, you let it th- like flow through you and your followers and then you all become like jaguars. I don't understand. Right. I Something akin to that rather than I don't want there to be another continent and it's all we, we just tap into the energy of the cosmos and it's all arcane magic. I find mm. that to be, I, I'm trying to stay away from that, which actually leads me into what we're trying to avoid. And the first and foremost thing that I absolutely want to avoid is the idea of magic coming anywhere else but from the gods. I think that that's going to be a cornerstone and a key aspect of the world that we're building is if we're making it all about the thousands of gods in this city or in the in the world, rather, I want it to be about the gods themselves. They're the source of the magic. That's what I want to try and stick with. And not only that, I think it's a more interesting idea anyway, because as we were talking about previously, it allows for magical items to have gods in them. Yes. No matter how strong or weak the god was, they were essentially bound and stuffed into an item. And now that magical item has a god in it. 
And that is why that item is magical. It has a... What's the word I'm looking for? It has a thread of logic through it that makes sense in the world. And also the idea that even though that god is essentially dead, their magic is what matters, right? Like that's where magic comes from. And it does kind of make it almost like uh, the the gods that are more powerful, the gods that conquer them, then even get powers that are outside their their school set of where it's just like, all right, well, I conquered this god and this god. I can now give this to my most faithful followers. And it just gives a nice little lore of the item or weapon or mm. even power. And actually, going on that, uh, you had talked about uh, how you didn't want it to just be items. Well, the, oh, those are for the god uh, yeah, bound. Okay. Right, I was right, going right. to say, how can you uh, bequeath that in in that sense? But right. What I what I really find interesting about that idea surrounding power and everything like that is, you have gods that are more benevolent, let's say, and they want to create alliances or maybe just use the use living gods as engines to help further own go further their own goals. And then you have the ideas or the the less benevolent gods that you're kind of mentioning where it's not about alliances. It's not even about slavery. It's about demolishing their god essence, cramming it into an item. And then guess what? Now that fire god, because it always comes back to fire, now has a water item or now has a healing item. Something like that that they is normally outside of their purview. They can now bend to their will and I get, again, I find this to be the idea that you're smashing gods to create magical items should be inherently evil or at least have some kind of negative connotation attached to it. Yeah, I could see that. But I feel like there should also be something for those just like say that there's a god who is clearly like not a good god. This the, the god of torture. Sure. You defeat that god. You're just like, well, no, I'm not just going to throw it away i gotta make use of this what if we put you into a i don't know a a bedpan there we go i don't know how the that would that just make your pee sting when you when you use it or it is torture i imagine that the the idea is still there it painlessly allows you to pass kidney stones but that's not torture yeah no it's taking the torture away you there's got to be something. See, no, no, no. I want it to. I want that aspect to still kind of be there. I. So what I want is I want the aspect of the god to continue to exist through the magic, the magical item that they're kind of pushed into. So if you're if you have a god of torture and you put them in a bedpan, it's not like it's going to be a painless thing. It's like no, that torture aspect is still going to be there. I want that to be kind of a through line. So. A god of healing is still going to heal. It's not like you're going to put it in a hammer and you're going to be bashing someone and you're, you know, you're making them numb or something like that. Okay. Even though I like, I mean, there are certainly interesting ideas to be played with. Oh, especially like just a way to kind of, I conquered you. I'm going to do something that you're going to dislike and the god is going to try and get his. I I like the monkey paw style of that. I could see that it... mm. I, I, I could see how that'd be an interesting aspect. However, what I think is also an interesting point to keep to keep in mind is that we're approaching the idea of these gods in a modern perspective where we're respecting life and respecting the idea of true. Right, gods. Whereas like essentially look at look back at the fifteen hundreds, if that's the general time period that we're kind of basing it around, yeah. burn the heretics. 
our God is the best God, and Suffer our conquering not the witch. Our, yes, us conquering you proves that our God is the best. So guess what? That God that's a heretic, it doesn't matter what happens to its essence. It doesn't matter what's going on. It's 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 getting smashed because it doesn't deserve life. And that's kind of the idea that like the conquistadors had. It's kind of the idea that anyone who is settling new the new world had in their mind. They Their justification was religious. They're below me. They... They're not even human in a lot of cases. And so I like the idea that we're approaching it from a moral standpoint where, yes, this is wrong. This is very clearly wrong. However, we, this is, again, this is anachronistic. We're approaching it in that regard. However, why, what's to say that they are? Yeah, like I remember reading a story of some Christian, well, some pirate that found God, became a devout Christian gave up his life of piracy to become a good slave trader. Right. Because because there's honor and there's dishonor and then there's slavery because they're not people, right? No, like, no, yeah. No. So, but that's the idea that I have in mind where, yeah, enslaving another god doesn't really matter because this is an era, this is a world, this is a mindset that we can't really get behind. If that god was good and just, well, not good and just, if that god was true and going to be the one true god it would have won exactly and then on top of that like every panth or every individual god can probably justify it in some way or another like whether you're conquered and that you know that might makes right type of idea or whether it's a matter of we defeated you in the name of justice and it's a matter of well we can use you now because that's just how the credo works. It's not necessarily evil in their eyes, just because that's the cultural norm is different. I knew this would happen to me, so I'm going to do it to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, fair play, right? Like, yeah. oh, I, I I, totally came into this expecting that if I were to fail, or if I, were, if I came into this expecting to lose, then yeah, that's what would happen to me. I would also be lashed in chain and put into a greatsword or something like that. So... But that's the idea, like the idea behind that is, I think it should be important that when we talk about this, we as modern people understand that what, what's happening, what's transpiring is horrifying. And you're essentially taking conscious beings, destroying them, and then using them. And in many ways, it is essentially slavery. Like we're creating a new style of slavery here. Yeah. It's just on a massive divine level. The other thing that I think would be important is... Is there any path of escape once you're captured by another god, put in, bound into an item? Can you eventually break free? Can someone who's holding you bring you back to godhood? I like the idea that people are actively trying this. That there are cults out there surrounding a weapon that they're trying to return that god to godlyhood, essentially. Mm. They're trying to bring that god back to life. I think that adds to a lot. I think that allows us to create interesting stories. You know, now you have a character who's had this item passed down from generation to generation and it's in his whole mission is to revive the God that he doesn't, he doesn't even know at this point. Hmm. Something like that would be super interesting. Yeah. And I then, also like the fact of uh, what it could mean if, all right, what if one of the faithful picks up the blade or picks up the item of his bound god. It's just like, no, he still lives. 
I think that's valid. I think I think that's a totally interesting idea. Another aspect of things that I want to avoid is the idea of a Vancean style of magic. That means that magic, it, it, essentially D&D magic, where you have spells oh. per day. In many ways, I'm actually trying to avoid spells per day or spells in general. The idea that I had, call it the God Pact, Essentially, what happens is there is someone who looks to create a new god pact. They, they're they called a seeker or an acolyte. There's names for different ones per god and everything like that. They approach the church or the god directly, and they ask to enter the god pact. Then the person has to pass a test, depending on which god you're going to get a very different test each time a written part there, yeah for certain physical ones exam you're you're not you're joking but it, that i can see you know if there is a god of 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 contests Lord. a god of sports yes there's going to be a physical exam why wouldn't there be a physical exam and yeah so each test would be kind of catered to the specific god and once that seeker finishes that test then they allow themselves to enter the god pact now that's an entirely separate thing where there is essentially the pact is then sealed and signed and that is also unique to every god as well in certain cases it might be an oath in other cases it might be a literal contract that you sign i i like the uh the idea of like the john wick style coin of where it's just like i put my blood on it you're bound by me until I decide that you're off the hook. Exactly. That's 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 essentially the type of idea. That is the that is it. That is you signing away your life and your soul to the god. And then at that point you you gain a a divine gift. But what I find interesting about this is in one aspect that I wanted to explore with you the idea that you can enter multiple god pacts. Yeah. But the idea is if you break the god pact, any god pact you are stripped away of any divine powers and any divine right that you might have. So let's say that the because the the natural balance dictates that why wouldn't everyone just join every god pact? It makes mm. the most sense. Well, here's the thing. You then once you've entered the god pact, you then have to adhere to a certain anathema or a certain strict set of codes. Tenants. Yeah, tenants that are specific to that God. And eventually you're going to rub up against one another where it's like, and not only that, the idea, I had an idea where it takes a real toll on a person to even channel these kind of powers and abilities and whatnot. So the idea that you have two God pacts is, whoa, that's, that seems really tough. And then the idea that there's three or more is legendary. Those are legendary heroes and villains and characters that are how are you even juggling that and how isn't how is your soul not burning out of your the body willpower, the endurance every aspect of that just seems insane of course and then you know that there's some big bad villain like the fire king and avatar of the last airbender who is so talented and believes that he has the divine right that he has three or four gods that are basically just he is bound to, and he's so good that he can still do it. That he is so talented that he's still able to wield four god pacts at once. Yeah. He's king shit on. On shit mountain? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's kind of tropey, but I think it's also, it's an inevitability. Oh, yeah. 
because it's a matter of in there's... any system if you had someone just like everyone has one weapon but he has two Whoa! right it's, it's it's just an inevitability that you're going to find someone who is that badass mm. and also i think you can find like actually this this brings up an interesting idea it encourages exploration it encourages wandering because if you want to grow more powerful you want to find more gods that align with your current god pacts so you can get more powerful and also you can like j- like because eventually you're going to find a god that you're like, oh, that's basically the same thing, so I can enter a second or third god pact. And also you don't you don't want to, you know, I, I assume it would be harder to fall in line with a god that is not really set with your own core values and such. It was just like, damn it, it's such a nice power, but god do I hate the daily need to kill a baby. Exactly. <laughs> or, or there's some, you know that there's someone out there who is like just... He is so, he should be incredibly powerful, but he is so paralyzed by the idea of breaking any one of his dozen god pacts that he is essentially neutered in terms of everything. So he's like, oh, it's it's a Tuesday. I can't go outside. It, you know, like just something like that. Nothing where can harm me. Unfortunately, I also cannot harm others. Yes. But you know what? In spirit, I'm going to be there, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, this doesn't do anything, but yay. <laughs> All right. Uh, do they have the people who enter into a god pact? Do they have any sort of uh, divine connection, like a hotline to their god, or is it still mysterious? Is it still it's kind m- of like I'm not worthy? Oh, I can't pick up the hammer. Well, the idea that I had was it is it is less of a spell and more of an ability, an innate ability that you gain. So I created an example with Hondasa because I mean it makes the most sense. And my example was a seeker wants to enter the pact with the God of engineering and approaches the God about it. The seeker is then the, the test that he has to go through. He has to create a, an engineering work or a project that shows that he has mastery over engineering. What that means is open up to interpretation, not just in a masterpiece, but maybe it's just something that's done so well it's something really simple, but shows that he has the foundations of engineering down to like a down to he breathes it right. So once that's done, once you have the the test has been done, he then takes um, the oath, and the oath in this case, because we had the idea of the city of the tree or the people of the tree, I wanted it to be that the ritual is he goes to the tree in Handasa. And writes down the tenets and or carves the tenets of engineering into the tools that he's going to be using, and by doing that, it infuses them with a magical god pact ability. And in Handasa's case, the ability is for I mean, for, let's let's be real. It's not it's not going to be flashy. It's not going to be he can cast fireball out of a hammer. But what I thought would be interesting is what may, what works for an engineer. Well. The idea is his tools will now never get worn, never get uh, dirty, never get degraded in any way. So he can always use these tools. Mm -hmm. Very important to make sure that you have your own tools. And then on top of that, anything that is created, made, or essentially planned with the tools that are enchanted are of the highest quality of that material possible. It's essentially making the 
the st- let's say we have a brick. We've made a brick from these tools. All that- you have is chalk on hand. Oh man, it's going to be as strong as granite. Right. It's going to be twice as strong, twice as durable, and half the weight as anything else. And so what that allows, I mean, imagine the engineering feats if we had that available today, what we'd be able to do with it. And what they're able to do with it is create this incredibly impressive technologically and engineering marvel of the world. And I imagine something like that where it's not something that you can cast three times a day, which again, I'm trying to avoid something like that. I like the idea that there aren't spells in our world, but so much there are just abilities that exist. So if you're going to have a fireball, you're going to be able to cast that fireball at will. It's going to be Avatar The Last Airbender with firebending, with earthbending, what have you. I want it to be something like that. So it's more freeform and it's more free-flowing because not every god is going to have a great ability, but it's how you use it that matters. Mm. Handasa is the same way. Handasa, I mean, who like for most people... If you got stuck with that power, like let's say that you rolled into a one shot and that was the last person left and you're like, man, this is, this is kind of a lame ability, right? But the people there who know engineering, there's going to be that one guy. If you keep running this game, he's going to be like, wait, I can do what with it? And he's going to break the game somehow. Mm. And that's what I want to get at. It's not so much the power that's ability, but what's more important is how the user's use that ability i could definitely see some game breaking stuff easily created out of uh something that can instantly make the best materials and such how much do people understand and know the items like do they understand what's going on behind the curtain do they're like i cannot just call do they know i can call i could i could use fire for as every hour that i'm awake or it is it based in endurance in some way? I would imagine, I would, well, that's the other thing I wanted to avoid is the idea of like a mana system where it's based on, you know, your own, like, oh, I, I cast it twice and now I can't cast it a third time. I, I, for some reason, the idea that it's a matter of willpower or faith matters more to me, but the idea that it's, I want them to be able to just have an innate ability. And also I, sh- I should mention that When I have the idea of the God Pact, not every pact, not every ability that you gain is going to be an item that you wield. Let's say that you enter a pact with the God of Blood, for example. You're not going to have a a, a sword that's just constantly dripping. It's going to be, well, no, now I have control of my own blood. I can coagulate it outside of my skin to create an armor. There's no item involved. That's just an ability that you have. You're essentially creating a living scab out of your own blood, and it's now, bam, I got I'm just going to prick armor. myself. I'm going to make some spike gauntlets on this side. Right. Or you have claws now because, yeah, yeah st- stuff like that. That's the type of idea that I have where it's not a spell. You Or, or let, let's say that if it is a spell, you can cast it as many times as you want per day, but it you only have the one spell, basically. yeah. yeah. If, if you wanted to kind of codify it and gamify it in that sense. For a lot of the things, to go back to the God of Engineering, is it always the tools? Could I, an innate ability just be just like, all right, boom, you know how to do all of these calculations in your head now. In I, a supernatural-like way. So I wanted to try and keep it as specific as possible. Okay. 
because I think that I think that's a little bit more interesting because what you're suggesting is to me anyway a god of mathematics a god okay. of something else so so now we get into the nitty-gritty where it's not just that you because the, with the idea of all of these hyper specific gods you now have all these hyper specific abilities which I think is more interesting than the god of engineering being able to have this breadth of abilities that just because you're god of engineering you can do xyz and then whatever else they can think of the god of engineering versus the god of structural integrity for, right for for example and then why and, and i think the reason i wanted to do something like this is because it creates natural allies where you can see you know what would work really well with our engineering guy these people who can create bricks bricks out of nowhere and then all of a sudden you're gate and you have an economic reason for for you to like interact with them you like have a cultural overlap there correct like you could have a, a cultural overlap that's the idea behind the hyper specificity that i enjoy is that yes it's restrictive but in doing so you're also creating a network of oh that that is uh, actually a, a segue you were saying that the hyper specificity of everything cursed items that is clearly in magic, and we had talked about them earlier, where did. a failed god bonding, whatever, uh, screws up, and it makes this item that is possibly abhorrent to the god's tenant. But going back to what we said, there's always a little bit of the essence that remains. Do you, Could you see it being a, just like a sordid attempt at it trying to reclaim its lost glory? So like a god of healing, it heals wounds, but... It hurts. It hurt, like mm. backbiter and some, or uh, the wound has to go somewhere. It can heal someone, oh, so but you like take a, on the wound. Yeah, it's a sin eater type thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, is that is that really a cursed item, or is that really just a, a different way? I mean, what we were talking about torture before, right? Mm. Why not? If it, let's say a god of healing has that, and then they defeat the god of torture, I think that that's an appropriate way to fuse the two ideas together, mm. where Yes, you're technically healing someone, but you're also taking on the pain yourself. Which, which is the idea of the torture, the, the the logical through line that I wanted to keep with that idea. So, in that sense, I think that we can kind of manipulate it to work. And also, we just have to be clever. That's why I hate this idea because now we have to put effort and cleverness into it. So let's just scrap it. No, <laughs> no, but I do like it how it also allows the god of torture is just like, oh yeah, no, 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 fine, I'll do that. But I'm also going to fucking hurt every single one of the people you tell to use me. I, I, I see that as a total yeah. win in that sense. But that's not necessarily a cursed item. Now we're just talking about the gods being bound into items again. Correct. What, so what is a cursed item? So in my mind, a cursed item is something that is, as we were saying, a failed divine coalescence. It is something that is inherently abhorrent. In that sense, I'm, I'm kind of figuring, in my mind, I actually think that we should take that idea. I'm suggesting that I want the divine coalescence not to be in an item specifically, but perhaps something else. Maybe it is... To, to bring it to, say, Berserk, right? If you'll recall that there is Guts's child who is essentially a really... Right, right. Like, why why not have it be some kind of horrible 
monster thing or or some kind of uh, I mean oh you mean the failure yeah oh yeah 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 okay, exactly that, that I could t- oh oh and right. that could be a lot of unique monsters that's actually very true if if we want to talk about monsters at some point monsters next episode no or maybe may, may, it's at some point I, I think this is already this is might be a two parter yeah with magic with magic yeah magic is vast. Yeah. But the but the idea is right that these that these failed divine coalescences they are oh man there's so much that we can do we we really need to we're gonna shelve that idea and yeah. put it off to the side because I really think that when we get to an episode about monsters that divine coalescence like monstrosity the failed one is is going to be its own subsection of enemies and monsters that we're talking about because it's so interesting to do yeah. it that way. So let's let's get back to let's get back to magic. magic. What else do we want to avoid? Because the t- the two things that I'm trying to avoid are Vancian style magic and MP of any kind. Like any I what I what I really dislike in in any system is where you can put a number to the amount of the amount of magic you can cast. Hmm. For some reason, like everything's quantifiable in some way, right? But at the same time, it's not. I'm I'm trying to stay like, but do you like the abstract sense of magic in a lot of them? Because I know that you've liked uh, the Wise Man's Fear, the Name of the Wind, uh, the Craft series. Mm-hmm. A lot of that magic, it shows you just like this is where it comes from. This is how it works. You can do, you can you can heat up this stone to be red hot, but you need to make sure that some other stone that you've connected to it is in the pit of a forge or something. I think it really depends. I think that if we're talking about Name of the Wind, I think that everything is kind of put into a very specific, this is an engineer's magic system, where it's a very hard magic system where you understand where it comes from. But at the same time, I think that I think that that magic system is also open and vast enough where... It doesn't really say, well, I can do this as many times as possible. It's a matter of there's energy to be installed. I, I see what you mean in that case. And and with that, are there schools or uh, priesthoods of magic? Like, not a god-bonded uh, person or someone who's wielding a magic item, but just like a priest who is just like, be healed, my child. And like, just heals them. I think that's hyper-specific to a god of healing. But what I mean is, could then a god of fire be like, no, 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 I'll, 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 I'll warm, I'll warm you, I'll protect you against fire, so like something within his roadhouse. Like I, I do like the idea of you can't really say, all right, X amount of things, but maybe to have a priest out there is just like, I shall pray for guidance from the uh, from the god of storms, and then it was just like, dude, we we don't really need you here for this instance. It was just like. And it's up to the person or to you to come up with a creative solution of how would a follower of the storms find guidance or pull something out of his ass for this. See, this is what I was talking about previously with hyper specificity. If you're talking about, because again, I feel like I want there to be such a specific idea that the God of storms isn't going to be like, Oh, let me find guidance. Let me find my way. He's instead going to be like, yo, God of maps or God of compass, you're going to find guidance for us or, or God of spiritual, wisdom. Spiritual guidance. Well, I, I imagine that that's more of a, 
I think that's more of a mortal creation mm. in, in a sense that what we have and what we ascribe to faith is what they would. I don't think that there's, unless they're directly in the presence of the God or the God heart, I don't think that there's going to be any general com- communication. All right. I think it's more of an inner thing. So you're sitting there meditating and you think that you're communicating with the God, but it really comes down to, you're not, you're not sitting there Look like let's for example. I know it's real. I know it's real. Right. It's it's. I think that's more interesting because I like the idea of human error entering your magical system, entering your idea of faith as well. But what what I mean is, say there is someone who I am a hundred percent faithful to this God. I'm currently overcoming this obstacle. Is there anything that my God can do for me? He's already given. He's already given you the God Pact. He's no, already no, no. I, given I, you the tenets. I'm not saying that this is the the God Pact person. This is just this is just a priest. Oh no, no. I, I imagine that the God Pact is your direct divine connection with your God. Okay. I don't see there. There is probably there is probably a priesthood that exists that hasn't gone through the God Pact that doesn't have any actual magical powers. That they are just faithful to the to the god themselves. Not, not even like a cantrip of a god of fire can form a cigarette lighter from his finger. I don't think so. I, 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 I don't I don't believe that that's necessary. If anything, I think that if you're going to have people of faith, they should be akin to paladins. Where, okay, you haven't gone through the god pact, but we're going to give you this holy relic because okay. you're such yeah. a good fighter, because you're such a... A devout worshiper that if anything if you're going to not be able to take the god pact and you still want to be useful to the church that is their way of doing it they give you an item that is in their reliquary you you, you have proven to be a faithful soldier a faithful follower of this we're going to give you x and such item or something all right yeah no that that fulfills the need because I, I didn't want it to just be demigods walking the earth which these god pact people almost would be I didn't necessarily see them... Well, in certain cases, yes. They're absolutely going to be as powerful as demigods. But I also had the idea that they're going to be kind of... And I suppose this is the closest thing I'm going to have to a mana-based system where I want there to be a finite amount of divinity that they can give out. So... Based on faith, followers, or something. Not, not even. Uh. Let's ju- let's just say that every god has an unknown number of like an unknown hard number. It's like, look, my god can only give out a god pack to one person, whereas another one can just give it out to as many people as they want, and there doesn't seem to be any kind of rhyme or reason to it. All right, one other thing, and this this is touching on almost another subject: are those who are part of the god pack viewed as in certain respects saints i don't see why not because it's it's such a strong divine connection although i imagine it really depends on faith to faith and also yeah because some of them would be like heresy right And, and not only that but if there's a god where everyone has the god pact where the god where the test is so easy that everyone can pass it then the yeah, God's just giving it out right the god the god's literally just giving it out and like every human is like yeah whatever i can 
I, I live one year late or I live one year longer than I would have normally. Why wouldn't you take that? God Why pact? wouldn't you take the God pact? And then at the same time, like everyone's like, Oh, what's an extra year until, you know, all of a sudden there's a noble who's dying of some kind of rare disease. And guess what? That extra year that you need to make sure that everything works right. Now it matters, mm. even though it's kind of, again, this is what I want to explore in the world yep, yep. is the idea that exploration matters because Knowing each god and each ability and having kind of diplomatic relations with certain gods really matters, again, due to the hyper-specificity of the abilities that you you don't want to shoot your shot with the wrong god. Right. And then not only that, if you break any of the god packs, then you're just absolutely fucked. Oh, yeah. Now, Chris, is there anything that you wanted to avoid? Because I brought up my kind of pet peeves and the Vancian magic and the magic point system. Is there anything that you're really trying to avoid in this sense, or what do you think? Really, the only thing that I've ever hated in any magic system is when there, there's no standard. There's no point of reference. It's kind of like, all right, why was that person able to do that, but... Only during that critical point. Uh, You're talking about a soft magic system. Yeah. 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 I, I think that soft magical systems can work, but I think that there needs to be a framework. There is a great article that I read by, oh man, uh, what's his name? Sanderson, the guy who wrote the Mistborn trilogy or Mistborn series. Brandon Sanderson? Brand, that sounds... Yeah. If, if I got it wrong, I'm sorry, but he has three great articles on his website called... The Laws of Magic, essentially, where he breaks down the idea of soft magic and hard magic and the differences and the rules that are kind of necessary. It's a, it's a great read. I would actually strongly recommend it if you haven't listened to it or, I'm sorry, if you haven't read it already. They're, they're really, really great rules and guidelines for that. And he makes a great argument that magic with rules allows the reader and, around, and allows people to get more invested in it. Because if you think about it, right, like, what is Superman's powers? Oh, a whole bunch. He has a... Okay. Super ventriloquist. Hold, hold, hold on. Silver Age aside, oh. let's let's talk modern Superman. Not... not you uh, know, strength and vulnerability. Uh, right. Laser eyes. Ice, he still has ice breath, right? I think so. Flight. Flight. Random. Right. He has, so he has this suite of abilities, right? But you have the reason, and it's, oh, well, he's an alien from Krypton. That's the, that's the specificity. That's the rule behind mm-hmm. it. And then you have his weaknesses, which are... Kryptonite. And... In many different colors. Lois Lane. No. Magic. Magic's the other one. He's oh, actually... Oh, God, that's right. Yes. He, Can I ever explain why that is? He's a Kryptonian. I don't really see it. I think it's it's not that he's, like, directly weak to, to magic... It's like just, he is it just bypasses his... Right. Like, it, it, it bypasses the invulnerability aspect of his powers. Which I think I can get. You know, I can yeah. I can get behind it. Just make a magic spear out of kryptonite. Boom. Right. But but the idea is realistically in a soft in a soft magical setting, that makes no sense whatsoever. Why does Spider-Man have his abilities? He he got bit by a radioactive spider when everyone knows that if that happened in real life you'd fucking die. We get it. But the idea is there's at least a framework surrounding the spider it. would have died before getting to the bite. You say that, but you don't know how quickly he was irradiated. So no, that's very true. Yeah. Although to be fair, he probably would have been burned a lot. Yeah, that's true. That's not important. The important aspect is, I see where you're coming from. Where it doesn't make sense. For example, 
pet peeve of mine, Lord of the Rings. There's not Son of a bitch. Are you gonna sit there and defend Go the on. idea? Yeah. Those pine cones were legit and made sense. <sighs> the idea is why didn't Gandalf just fly himself and the rings over to Mount Doom? Because one, the elves it's not and a, everyone <laughs> It's not an argument we're getting into. The idea is because that's not what his magic does. It does something else. Also, the eagles were very busy. But the idea is, I I agree. I think that having a soft magical system that makes no sense is is bad. I I think that we want to avoid that. And by adding rules like the God Pact, I think that makes the most sense for creating a framework where we can kind of where we can kind of work within. You can come up with a God with a God Pact and an ability very very easily. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And now because we have the framework and the restrictions of having to follow the different tenets of the gods. And that's why there's somewhat, there's not someone out there who's just steamrolling with gathering God pack after God pact and essentially becoming divinity himself. When you create that framework, I think it makes a lot more sense. All right. And, and going in, which this might have to continue on next time. Uh, I like this both in magic settings and just in one, I'm not sure your feelings of it due to your hatred of all things dwarven. But uh, runes. What's your feeling on runes? Runes are interesting. I, lo- I fucking love runes. I, I like the idea of runes, but in this sense, I'm not sure how it would make sense. So, so say a prolonged ritual of some sort. Say the practitioners are doing a long ritual. They're drawing out uh, this thing using all of these regions, rare dyes, and putting all of these runes and markings of uh, the god language or an Enochian or uh, I don't know, something, just tattooing someone for that brief moment, maybe that person will burn like a candle, run out, and for a brief moment be an avatar of their god. So that sounds less like runes and more like an ability. So you're talking more about rituals now. That's different. Yeah, yeah. That I Well, okay. I combined the two because I figured if I... In case you were so against dwarves that runes were a no-go, if I hitched that... I think that runes are to, cool as shit, and they're I, not necessarily attached I, to dwarves. I, I didn't know that, so I, I wanted to hitch runes to a ritual so that we would have to run with it. Chris, allow me to embarrass myself. Many moons ago, when I was still in high school, this is now... Did you draw runes on oh a notebook? God. No, this is too long ago now. No! The very first magic, the very first RPG I ever tried to create was heavily rune influenced. I mean, not gonna get into it. Nerd. Oh my god, was it bad? It was so bad, and I look at it now and being like, "Oh no, this was a mistake." It's fine though. That I I burned that notebook. No one ever saw it. I named a I named no. it. Hold on, I named a monster race. After a kid I did not like in high school because, yes, I'm that awful. Yes, I'm that cringe. I don't give a fuck. That's where did I was. You, did you have a cloak of daggers? And- no, no, that was that was college. That was college when we met the cloak of many daggers, man. Everyone has a that guy. It's He was definitely that guy. Moving on. Unless he's listening, then he's then he's okay, and I'm sure he's matured as a person. He really hasn't, actually. <laughs> I'm doubling down on this. If you're listening, you know who you are. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. We're now we're talking about rituals. 
rituals are different and and I I'm actually not sure where I want to go with magical rituals in this sense. Be- we we had spoken a little bit about like the god of feast and famine and how uh if you were to say destroy a great work of art, but I I want to say that it's a Hail Mary thing. That it's not mm-hmm. like uh going back to x plus y equals result. It should be X plus Y. Well, guess what? God wasn't feeling it today, or maybe he knew that you actually half-assed that artwork. That wasn't your masterwork. Okay, okay. You held back. You knew you were going to burn this, so you didn't use your best paint. You didn't use everything. I I like to think of it as the Cain and Abel thing. It's just like, fucking vegetables? Really? Really? You're going to burn some vegetables? I want a lamb on that table. I I like that idea, actually. I like the... uh, There's something about that, the uncertainty of it. I really want to stick with rituals because I think that the concept is so interesting of just creating a ritual, but I want there to be some real, in your sense, like the idea that it might not work, that it really is all about faith. I find, why, why would you Cause, do that? Because I wanted to get into it. Have you ever read about chaos magic? The literal chaos magic? Yeah, like David chaos. Bowie chaos yeah, magic? Yeah, I'm talking about David Bowie chaos magic. I have, and that's more of like a way of thinking more than anything else. Yeah, but there's certain things you can do, like rune work. There's some rune and symbol work you can do. I just, no. I, I got a book on it. I Do you really? I do. Where did I you read get this? that? I, man, we'll get into that. No, I got a whole bunch of magic books. What the fuck? Yeah, you don't know this. I did not know this. I got a whole bunch of magic books. Oh, man. Okay. I don't, I don't, Okay. Moving on. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait. What sinister shit were you just about to get into? No, it wasn't, it wasn't sinister. I just, I, I, I feel like this is not a platform for me to talk about my beliefs. I don't believe in magic. Back to ritual magic. Right. I like the idea of ritual magic. I like the idea that it is more about... I want it to be something like superstition almost. But I, in some cases, I, I kind of want there to be some tangible effect. Oh, yeah, because I, I think after a few years of people, like, burning masterpieces, just like, dude, it just seems really random when God seems to favor, almost as if he's not really there. Oh, wait, God, Pat Guy, there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, mm, see, this is, this, is the, this is the struggle that I'm having where you have... The essentially they are avatars of the god pact. They're walking around. They're beacons of divinity, right? There's no question that God exists, right? But so so where do the where do the rituals come in? Are these purely aesthetic? Are they purely superstitious? Or is there actual power to them? And if so, if it's unreliable, why would people do it? Especially really dangerous ones. If you're if we were talking because we brought up the god of feast and famine, right? Where the ritual is you starve yourself and then you're infused with some kind of divine power to make up for that starvation, feast and famine. Mm-hmm. What's the, then, then what's, why would people do it? Wait, wait, wait. This actually talks about something that always bothered me in magical settings where you clearly know that God's there because you have clerics spewing around spells. This, this is the only time faith actually comes up. You can have, you have to have faith on your God. Because even if he doesn't come through with it, you got to believe in him. Mm-hmm. Because okay, as to why he doesn't come through, that, that's another question. But this is also not knowing behind what's behind the curtain. Because 
Yeah. I want, I want yeah, okay. people who, who actually, like the God Pack and everything, and people who, who can wield its power, that maybe it's a... Uh, Maybe it's not well known what they're doing. Maybe it's a very secretive thing that they're like, it's just like, why has God forsaken us? In that sense, I want there to be, let's, let's say this. Okay. Let's say that rituals are fairly consistent, except for the historical evidence that suggests, oh my God, what happened in that battle, what happened on that Senate hearing floor where it, it where yes the rituals are consistent and they're good but the one or two or few times that they don't come through chaos ensues where it is terrifying where it is a matter of historical importance which those times sometimes the Hail Mary can work out but every now and then it turns out just like oh wow we really just put this all on god laid it all on the table and we're fucked yeah, uh, I, I, I can I can deeply appreciate something like that. So let's talk a little bit more about rituals then, if that's the case. When we're talking about rituals, I don't want it to be quick and easy. I want it to be difficult and require very specific things. It's kind of how magic rituals are treated now, essentially, where there was that guy, where was he, in Florida, who was picked up for selling and buying grave dirt and all sorts of specific dirts and stuff like that. Yeah. I love the idea of a superstition based around that and a magical system based around that where... Hand of glory. Right. Hand of glory. There's so many cool and interesting weirdo fetishes. Not not, uh, kink, not kink shame fetishes, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like I'm going to create a voodoo doll, which is perhaps the best known one. <laughs> but what do we... Okay, let, let's make some rules for I, the rituals then. I have a then. jar of uh, David Bowie's toenails that... Oh, you better, yeah. You, I mean, yeah, that that will protect you against uh, what is it, Billy Page? <laughs> Billy Page, Jimmy Page. Page. Holy shit! I got there. <laughs> that that I, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm surprised you got there as fast as you did. The yeah. look on your face. Yeah, it, I mean, it's pretty pain. Regardless, rituals are a thing as well. And what does that mean for the world? Because if you have the main divinity aspect coming from those who wield the God Pact. Who are the people who are using the rituals? Are they the priests? And and let's, I mean, in my mind, rituals are not going to be something that you do on the battlefield with no preparation. I imagine that if you're doing rituals, you're doing it for like a day or like you're doing it for hours and you need setup and practice and time. And it's not like a quick thing where you're going to be able to just cast a, a spell, essentially. But it's going to be like, look, we need six people. We need virgin blood. We need the skin of an orphan. We need the heart of a gargoyle. Let's fucking go. And then we can do what we need. You brought a girl with green eyes? Oh, fuck. Okay, okay. Maybe it will work. Maybe it will work. Uh, we really need to check the... Re oh, hold on. Is it? Is it going to work? No, we're fucked. Okay, retreat. We're just gonna move. we're just gonna move. That's it. We needed but, this. But I also do want those battlefield prayers. I do want not necessarily to any effect, but I would like that. I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah. I I mean that that that's less magic and more just faith and yeah. more cultural more than anything else. Battle pleases you, Crumb. Exactly. I mean, I think I think that's probably one of the better things. Where was there magic going on, or was Conan just a badass. Yeah. I, I do like the mysterious side of things. Right. And that's totally fine in this case. I think that ritual... Actually, 
if we're going to steal anything from Conan, I think it should be the kind of magic, at least in the ritual sense, from that Robert E. Howard world. Oh, you mean how it, like, I built this temple, I crafted this crown, I found all of these people, I plan on killing them when the moon is high, and all of the planets are lying, and damn it, if you come in here, really, really, right in the middle of me plunging the dagger, you're gonna fucking ruin the entire thing. I'm just trying to create a girlfriend, Mom! (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to create a divine girlfriend for my god, okay? Like, that's what I want, yes. Wait a minute, is that, wasn't that what he was doing? Wasn't he trying to give, like, summon a goddess or something? There's a num. I, there's a so there's many a bunch rituals. of stories. Of co- yeah. Yeah. In one of them, yes, probably. <laughs> I think that we've kind of come to a good point with magic, at least so far. Is there anything that we're missing? Is there anything that we want to discuss? Yeah, we've we've kind yeah, of yeah. yeah. I, I feel I'm, comfortable. I'm surprised at how. Oh, one thing that we should talk. We're gonna about. realize something. We're gonna realize something. I'm realizing something right now. If you just let me finish. Yeah. Can I finish? Can I finish? Okay, what I'm realizing, where does magic come from? Is there a source, I'm sorry, beyond the gods? And is it finite or infinite? Because I've had, I I like the idea of magic, right? I don't want there to be a god of magic because gods are magic. Like that's what they are. The inherent belief system in gods is what magic is. Literally is. That's the manifestation of it. In something like D&D, you have the seven schools of magic, right? Where it's broken down. I think that when you look at the gods as magic, you're basically just doing that, but with such a finite, like, magnifying glass. It's not just, this is the god of abjuration, or this is the god of illusions, Michael. This is the god of a hyper-specific thing, and it's not just God of Illusions, it's God of Trickery, God of Mirror Image, essentially, God of Disguises, for example, where you're taking the concept of magic that D&D has and breaking it down even further into something even more finite. So, with that in mind, where do the gods get their power from? Are they inherently magical? I had an idea surrounding this, but I want to hear what you think first. My idea for gods, as far, far as being inherently magical, I liked a lot of things of where gods were just a different state of being. They're incredibly powerful. They have access to these wonderful gifts and they can bestow it upon others. But they're just on a different level. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, ma- that, for all intents and purposes, they're, they're, they're a lot like us. They're just super powered. Okay. That's interesting because I had the idea that I kind of want to, I, I had in mind anyway, was we had this nascent idea that these gods were from another generation, essentially, right? Mm. I also had another idea that before mortals came along, these things already existed. These god hearts essentially were already there. And so when people like, and and they were just dormant for a long time. And then it's only when mortals kind of came around and started looking at these things and kind of messing with them, that magic started to get breathed into them that inherently their their faith, their faith in belief 
created magic. It's it's kind of like a uh, I don't want to say parasitic, but it's uh, symbiotic for sure. Yeah. Right. The idea that as much as humans think magic is related to the gods, gods think you know they get their magic from humans. So like there's a give and take aspect to it, even though without the gods there's no magic. And without humans, there okay, and that also does take away from from a lot of uh, evil gods who are just like, all right, no, I'm going to wipe out humanity. Because there's no end result for them that would be good for that. Except maybe they just want to click the reset button. Oh, that's there's, true. There's like a nihilist, you know, akin to, was it Owlman from that it Justice League? Matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I like that idea. I like this sense that there's a symbiotic relationship with magic where, yeah, I mean, essentially magic exists both ways. Also, I do like the system of if. If things are broken, if things are destroyed, that it goes back. Maybe a god gets split into a thousand pieces. That energy goes somewhere and maybe it flows back. And even though it doesn't remember itself, it gets born into some sort of new god. That I, I want to imagine that people might even discover it like in the wild or, or something. Mm -hmm. Like a new concept because as things advance, as things happen... There might be a new god. Are we getting into, like, Neil Gaiman territory where it's god of the internet and god of social media and stuff like oh that? Oh, my god. Yeah. Yes. I mean, wh why not? I mean, that's that's essentially just divine coalescence, right? Mm -hmm. where you're All taking the new gods. Right. We were essentially creating new gods for... Yeah, that's interesting. And then you... Oh, man. That's that's pretty interesting. I god like of idea. the gun. God of the gun. Well, that's, that's already a thing. I mean, that's totally a thing. In our world. Even. Oh, yeah. But what yeah. I mean is, like, it wasn't a thing before the gun. So the god of forging, the god of iron, suddenly oh. just like, oh, no. What is that? No, we didn't want that to happen. We were just trying to make ourselves more powerful. Why are you worshipping the gun? That's and actually really is, Why is there the saint of all killers? Oh, I, lo I love Preacher. It's I, I, did, I never watched that TV show, by the way. No, no. And I heard that it's good that you didn't. But there will be one day where I'm at an airport and eating something yeah, well, my, I've been going through Mindhunter, and that's been really good. I don't know if you watched that. No, yeah. it's good. And the in the Good Place, I actually have been I burned through that. I watched like yeah, I re, I want to watch that now that I've been compared to to the devil. That's literally the devil. He's real close. I thought he was just a demon. This he's is a, getting worse. He's a he's a top demon. Let's just put it that way. Getting off topic here. Is there anything else that we need to touch on? I, I feel like we've really covered... I'm surprised that yeah, we were able to be a... a two-parter. I also thought this was going to be a two-parter. In fact, I have it scheduled that it's a two-parter, but... Wait, wait. And if you have any questions... I'll get Or fucked. what you think uh, <laughs> magic needs, feel free to email us. I fucking hate you so much. I hate it. Also, ring and subscribe. Like button. Ring what? Ring the bell! <laughs> I fucking hate you. I hate it so much. All right. <laughs> I feel like we've done a surprisingly succinct and good job in creating a magical system for our world. I feel like we've... Don't pat... Don't you pat yourself on I the back. I patted you too. Ugh. No, I, I, the reason I like this is that we've created a rule that anyone can follow. And so now anyone can sit down and write a god because they have the rules of the god pact. And then they have the, uh, the rules of the ability, essentially. Yeah, you could even go tribalism of like... 200 years ago and just be like primal gods only. Yeah. I mean, you could, that's the, that's the other cool thing is that with these ideas in place, 
you're you're going to get a more sophisticated i mean once you get divine coalescence in there once you get alliances in there it creates a lot more interest it opens up a lot of things i think so now the question is what are we talking about next episode chris we did talk about wanting to do monsters i would assume unless we want to retouch on rituals or the source of magic and how much is known about that i think the source of magic is the gods isn't it like isn't that what we no, talked no, about no no we did talk about it being the gods but like where do the gods come from what what is the what is the culture of gods how do they interact with each other i think that if we're going to be talking about the source of magic if we're talking about the 1500s in terms of technology in terms of philosophy I think that's something that we can actually skip for now. Different planes of existence, like is there the material plane, the plane of uh, the divine, of where the gods actually interact with each other? I like the idea that there's one corporeal plane, and that's it. That's the idea. There's there's no there's no divine wheel of let's go to the plane of shadow, let's go to the plane of paper cuts, let's go to the plane of go fuck yourself. What happens when we die? You just rot in the ground. Oh, my God. I mean, it depends, I guess. Also but means no punch dimension. Why would we? What? No, we don't want a punch. I don't want a punch dimension. And maybe maybe we change our minds on this at some point. What I would prefer to have, frankly, I don't want to have planes of existence. I want to have different universe, parallel universes. It, much akin to... Something like DC in their Crisis on Infinite Earths. I want that to exist more than I want a plane of fire to exist, a plane of water to exist. So the only reason that I'm concerned... Well, I guess that's a very nihilistic view of, like, uh, why worship a god if worshiping a god doesn't necessarily promise you any sort of nice afterlife? That is kind of, what because you're literally gaining divine power in your actual life. Yeah, also, there's no resurrection magic. Maybe it's just unknown. We could just gotta that, hope. That, gotta hope I go to whatever temple. That's kind of the other thing is that we can just say we can just add religious dogma, and then like what actually happens is you just fucking die. Although this is all a prelude to Bur Banner Saga. What I can also <laughs> what we can also say is. Well, your, your divine essence essentially gets reabsorbed into your god. So it's oh. it goes in and out. And so you are essentially immortal because your immortal soul is, is fueling everything else. Next episode, do we want to talk about monsters? Uh, or... I feel like monsters would be nice to talk on. Both like, the where do monsters come from? What are monsters? How, how, how common are they? If like not each one can be a failed god, but maybe the mother sure. of monsters is a failed god, that kind of thing, or oh, uh, the that's... stillbirth of a, a a divine coalescence that didn't work out, kind of became X, Y, and Z. I can I can see something like that for sure. I I imagine that every failed divine coalescence is either a natural disaster, like just a constant natural disaster. It is a mm, yes, yeah, I do like that, yeah. Or it is essentially something as unique as a Tarrasque. As unique, as, not necessarily as powerful. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not There's not going to be like 20 Tarrasques walking around. But the idea that there is, no, there is a singular monster, it exists, and then there's nothing else like it. There is, you know, it's not like 
this is a minotaur. It's no, this is the minotaur, mm-hmm. for example. No, no, but I do. There should be certain monsters. We're just doing the monster episode now, so. Not yet. Not yet, we're not. No, I mean, we're just right now getting into it, and I feel like we should save that. But I feel for homework, personally, I'm going to try and come up with like two or three monsters that I want to talk about. It could be mundane. It could be something that's existed in the world forever. It could be a, a failed uh, god. Okay, let's let's take this. Let's expand it from just monsters. Let's talk about threats to threats, the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about that at one point. Maybe. Like one do it. threats. Yes. Let Let's talk about threats because we have this world where right now the only strife and the only conflict is between the war and gods. I want there to be something else where it's not just about I'm terrified of the war. I am terrified about something else out in the darkness or something else that's out there. Let's stick to that next episode. And I think that just about wraps it up. So, yeah, if you wanted to, if you like what you heard, please uh, listen to us all the time on loop. It helps our numbers go up. But more importantly, Share this with your friends if you liked us. If you hated us, share it with your enemies. Realistically, we're a small two-guy team. We're just kind of be creative and have fun. If you hate us and you really don't want us to do this again, email us. It will crush our spirits. Yeah, if you I'm want a to very send, sensitive person. It's true. If you want to send hate mail, if you want to send suggestions, if you want to send us love, you can always email us suggestions at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. Or just sign it up in the link in the comments and whatnot. That's cool, too. We love you very much, and we will see you next time to talk about monsters. And threats. And threats.